Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best go three up. It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. Have you got a for a rip? Often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest show on dirt. Oh, to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving. Hello again, it's Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tires, ride on our strength, talking sprint car racing, and social distancing. Steve Post here, Aaron Evernham, and Ashley Strummy, we're all social distancing from each other, so... Well, you're stuck with me here in the studio as we spend a little time during this down period sharing some of our favorite interviews from over the past period of time. And today we've got a couple of good ones from last year, Tony Stewart up at Eldora Speedway. And from earlier this season, one of the World of Outlaw rookie contenders, Mason Daniels. So great, great stuff. Really, really fun stuff here that we have to share with you here this week on Wing Nation as we continue on our social distancing campaign as we are doing across the country. This week's Drydeen Diesel All-Deftifying Move of the Week. And now for the Drydeen Deftifying Move of the Week, where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. And wow, what of a series of events that happened right there in turn three and four. Goodyear up on the wall. He's up on the back bumper of CB down the turn three and four. Now look at Kevin Swindell. A three, they're three wide for the racing. A three-car battle as they work down the front straightaway, Johnny. That Deftifying Move was brought to you by Drydeen Diesel All-Deft the official death of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit drydean.com for more information. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, We have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength.
Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires. Love getting the chance to go out to the racetracks. And when we do, we sit down with some of our favorite people. And last year at the King's Royal at Eldora, Ashley Stremme, of course, she co-hosts our MAV TV show every Saturday morning. She had the opportunity to sit down with the boss man up at Eldora with Tony Stewart. Here's this interview from last year. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Stremme, and joining me today I have uh, this guy, Tony Stewart. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Tony. I appreciate it. Glad to do it. So, pretty cool stuff coming out this year, uh, inducted into the 2020 Class Hall of Fame. Uh, just a little bit about that, your emotions, what, what that was like. Um, well, the good thing was that the announcement came the day after I got um, inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America in Daytona. So. Uh, I was a little softened up after that one, but I, I'll be honest, I, was, I wasn't I was real excited about going in yet. Um, really? Because I'm, I'm like, that's, that's stuff after your career's over and you've, you know, you're going down the road and doing what old people do afterwards. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm still racing. I'm still running 99 races this year. It's like, well, I, I'm not ready to go into Hall and I'll be honest, this is how juvenile my mind thinks at times. I was the the biggest thing that upset me the most is like I have to take that weekend off now and I'm I know for sure two races, maybe three races that I'm not gonna get to run next year because of the Hall of Fame induction. So um but when you like I said, when you get a step back from it and uh you get the juvenile mind put on hold for a little bit, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a huge honor obviously and um you know, I'm proud of what we did in NASCAR, and uh, you know, hopefully, we keep racking up stats as an owner now. Well, I don't really think it falls just. I mean, obviously, for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, that's what it falls in. But your stats throughout your entire career of racing is is pretty impressive and several pages long. Um, but that being said, your seven year old self that started racing moons ago, and your teenage self. If you could kind of put yourself back in those shoes, knowing what you've accomplished and, and being inducted into these Hall of Fames and kind of putting yourself, is there an inner kid just jumping up and down inside that's just screaming because of what you have accomplished over the years? Yeah, but if I went back and knew what I was going to do, I probably would have been in a lot more trouble. Uh, <laughs> I definitely would not have applied myself. I already didn't apply myself in school as it was, and I would have been worse at that if I knew what was going to happen down the road. But um, you know, if you don't if you don't apply yourself, you end up like guys like Frank Beers and stuff. If you don't really work hard at it, so uh, you gotta gotta work hard in school so you can try to be better than that. So. Absolutely. Well, we talk about that extensive racing career. Um, obviously, it all started in go karts. Then it turned into USAC. You were the first one to win the triple crown, if you will, in the USAC division, running all three series and winning championships to IROC to Indy. Um, basically, I feel like with you, Tony, if it's got a motor, you're willing to race it. <laughs> well, it's because I realized that at an early age, I was too too lazy to work a real job, and I needed to find, you know, figure out that, that driving cars was kind of my niche. So, um, and, and, you know, I didn't, you know, I think back in that day, I was kind of at the tail end of an era where guys jumped around and, and you know, drove a little bit of everything. but. Uh, you, you definitely don't see that anymore in, in this day and age, for sure. If there's one thing that you haven't had the opportunity to climb behind the wheel of, what would that be? Um, 
I would say probably still a top fuel dragster. And, okay. And Don Schumacher is going to call me tomorrow and sit there and go, I told you you have an open invitation. So I just, uh, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure right now I need to be trying to figure out. It's not going forward that scares me. It's the trying to figure out how to stop at the other ends, the part that I'm like, man, I could screw this up in a hurry. So I, I don't know. But it's, um, I've been around those guys a lot and, and, um, you know, it looks like a lot of fun to me to sit there and, and go from zero to three thirty in a thousand feet. Indeed, and with that being said, you can pretty much race whatever you want. Why do you choose sprint cars? Honestly, because of all the cars I've ever driven, it's it's one of the easier cars to drive, but it's one of the hardest cars I've ever driven to be good in and fast in. Um, you know, everybody. And especially when the tracks are sticky, everybody's fast. I mean, everybody can hold it wide open and steer it around there. But when it gets, when it starts slicking off and, uh, you know, guys like Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet and uh, Tim Schaefer and Dale Blaney, guys that, that have done this for so long that are really, really good at what they do, it's hard to get to their level. Um, you know, everything else I've driven, it... it I could get 90 or 95% of the way there pretty quick, and, and then it took a little longer to get the rest of it, but I could find a way to get there. The wing cars, it just seems like it's just really hard to find that last 5% to get to that level those guys are at. And what do you think separates that? I mean, obviously, it's, it's fine-tuning your car, but I think technology <coughs> comes so far so quickly that it's yeah. so, such a minimal change that gives you that extra two-tenths on the racetrack. Yeah, and everybody has the same stuff. I mean, there's nothing trick about a sprint car anymore. I mean, they're, I mean, they're about as basic of a race car as you could get. But it's just knowing, it's having that instinct and feel, and knowing exactly. You know, I, I, I have the luxury of having Donnie Shots drive for me, so I've got the best in the world. I feel like driving my race car, and I sit there and listen to him. And I mean, he can pick apart every corner of his race car and tell you exactly what every corner's doing. Jimmy Carr, my crew chief, just gets, I'm too loose, I'm too tight, I'm down a little bit. I can't give him a quarter of the information that Donnie gives him. So it makes Jimmy's job a lot harder than Scuba's job working for Don. So, uh, But that's what makes those guys good is being able to, he's just got that feel and knows how to pick apart every corner of his race car. He knows what feel he's looking for. Uh, to get the result he's looking for. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You mentioned Donnie Schatz is, is your driver, and he is the best in the business. There's no doubt about it. But what's it been like owning a sprint car team and, and kind of fielding that direction also with the NASCAR stuff with Stuart Haas? I hope he doesn't see this because I don't want to give him a bigger head than he's already got. But it, it's really cool because, like I say, the nights that I'm not racing and I go to the races, it's really cool for me to sit there and listen to him when he gets out of the car and listen to him talk about his race car and then listen to what he's looking for. And, and, and I mean, I, I'm older than him, but I learn a lot from him every time I'm around him. And that's the fun part for me, and it's been that way from day one. I mean, it, it was that way when we started TSR and we had Danny Lasowski in the car. It was fun to listen to Paul McMahon, to Craig Kinzer, and then we had Steve Kinzer, and, and then, you know, Donnie, obviously. So uh, to listen to these guys talk about their cars and... And uh, to know at the end of the night when we got it the way that they wanted it, we could go stand in victory lane with them because we did it as a team. That's that's the best part for me. And I love the fact that you you pretty much say you know you know he is the best. You you learn from him still, and I think that's what makes it 
makes us racers. You know, we're willing to learn from anyone. Is there a lot of communication? Like, will he watch your races and go, man, you didn't do this right. You need to drive the corner harder. You need to be straighter here. Is there any of that that goes back and forth between the two of you? No, and thank God, because if he if he watched my races and watched me, I mean, I'd get yelled at all the time for doing everything wrong, probably. But, it, you know, I watch his races as much as I can, and, and he's busy, and, you know, he's He's got his business and family business up in Fargo, and mm-hmm. and uh, he, he's a busy guy, too. So just doing what he's doing and focusing on his car uh, is really all I want him to do. I mean, when we're together and the nights that we get a chance to race with each other, it's fun to, to hear his input of what he sees. And, and the best part is if you do something right, he goes, hey, you did a really good job there. I mean, it's it's better than getting the check at the end of the night for me because it's that's that's one of the best in the business, and they're giving telling you you did a good job. And so... Um, you know that's that's what you search for. And this season has come a, a long way for you. You have struggled um, in the past, but this year has really seemed to hit a niche or a stride for you. Uh, several wins. What is it? Six. Yeah, six, six or now. Seven. About now. Yeah. So what what is clicking? Are you communicating better? Is the car just right? What what is all of a sudden clicking this year? Well, I think. I think we can really point the finger. We did a test late in the year last year and, and actually brought Donnie down too. And it was, I think it was a scenario where when I came back to sprint car racing, um, you know, in 2017, I mean, I hadn't been in a car for two and a half, three years and was way behind. And so I th- it was real humbling of realizing how far behind I really was. And, and at the same time that I hadn't been in a car, my crew chief, my crew member none of us had raced for two and a half three years so we were all behind but when you're that far behind it's for me as a driver I'm like man I'm I'm holding this back and and then we went to 2018 and we got a little bit better but we just kind of were still stuck and and then you get to the point of frustration where you're like well is it me what is it is it you know is it our cars is it is it the crew chiefs behind a little bit? What what's what are we missing here? And um, so at the end of the year, we we uh, did a test session down in Florida and, and mainly brought Don down because it, it's been fun because when we've done test sessions in the past, Don and I can sit there and drive the same car and not be around when we debrief with the crew guys and say exactly the same thing, right. which makes it really good for both of us. It, it's it makes me feel better that my f- what I'm feeling is correct, and it does the same thing for Donnie. He's told me the same thing. He, it makes him happy when we're saying the same thing. So uh, it just helps validate what we're feeling and then helps us really narrow down what's going on with the car. But um, having him down there and, and, you know, we made some changes that, you know, he went out and picked up three tenths in it, and then I got in it and picked up the same three tenths, and it's like, it's not, you know, it's not just all of a sudden we changed something driving style-wise. You know that two guys picking up the same amount of time, it was the car. So, um, you know, that's how we started the season, and we got off to a pretty good start. But it's, uh, like I say, it's a hum- this is a very humbling sport because you can be good one night and you come back the next night and not even make the A main. And, um, you know, PA Sprint Week for us was an absolute disaster, a nightmare, except for one night. So, um, you know, it, it's... It's hard, and, and that's why we're running so many races this year is to try to get caught up to these guys. And I, I just don't know any other way to get caught up to these guys other than just be in the car as much as we can, racing every night that we can. 
uh, it's about to run me in the ground doing it, but it's, uh, you know, it, it is the only way to, to really get caught up to these guys and get to the level that they're at. And especially these last two years, it's been frustrating with all the rainouts we've been dealing yeah. with um, this year has been incredibly insane for how much rain we've dealt with. And I kind of want to get away from the racing side of things and dive into the ownership side of things with uh, the tracks that you own as well as the circuit, All-Star Circuit of Champions. Um, we all know what it's like as a race car driver to go to the track and be rained out. Yeah. It's frustrating. You don't get to sell T-shirts. You're not making a payday. But what is that like from the track side of perspective as well as owning a, a series? How does that work for you and your relationships with the tracks you work at and own when it, when it rains out? When it rains out, everybody loses. The fans that have driven to the track have lost the money they spent on gas, food, trying to go to the racetrack. The, the drivers, the cost of them getting to the racetrack, they've lost. The teams, you know, to tow the rig up and down the road. Uh, the tracks, the advertising dollars that they put into it, and the man hours that they put in of work, whether, you know, prepping the track the whole week and then you get rained down on race day. And, and as a series owner, I mean, we even if we don't race, we still have employees we have to pay. I mean, they still came to the track. Uh, and they're on salary, so um, you know it, everybody loses. Nobody wins. Uh, you know, Mother Nature is the only one that wins, and not a really big fan of Mother Nature. I'll be honest right now. I mean, we literally had eleven out of twelve races rained out, and ten in a row. And it's like, are you are you kidding me? It's it's just, I we've been joking around with our competition director Eric Walls because it's uh, his first year as our competition director, and it's like, man, you're like you're like kryptonite here we, we may have to get rid of you sweet so we, we call him rain man now so uh we, we're like man well, let's see if we're not racing with the all-stars on a particular night we sit there and go well i wonder how if rain man's going to get his show in tonight so we uh, we all give him a pretty hard time but he's got a pretty good sense of humor well you have to i would assume dealing with all the bs that happens and with the rainouts and of course dealing with you but <laughs> what do you mean i don't know what you mean by that but you wear so many hats, and you do do so much, and it's all around the sport of racing. Obviously, as you can see in the background, we're here at Eldora Speedway. And I kind of want to talk about that, because this place, it brings its own sense of fame and fortune to itself, um, just in the sheer fact that everybody wants to win at Eldora. And why do you think that, I mean, obviously, with the Boltzes, when they started this deal, they kind of created that and how do you continue that legacy, and, and why is this place such a famed place to win at? And that's the hard part, is continuing the legacy of what Earl and Bernice Baltus built here. It's, uh, you know, that's what we try to keep in mind. Every time we do something at the track, we, we, we sit, in, or I sit in the back of my head and go, what would Earl and Bernice say about this? And, and for the first couple of years when we bought the track, uh, you know, Earl was here every night, and and so I would sit there, and when I had an idea of something I wanted to do, I, I would find Earl and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think?" And you know, it, I, I don't. There was n I, I can honestly say, which I was really happy about. There wasn't one scenario where he said, "I, I don't know if I like that idea or not." So uh, that was that made me feel good that we were at least going on the right track. And then, you know, once we lost Earl and and um, you know Bernice's health doesn't let her come to the track as much as she'd like now but um you know at least gives me the the, the feeling of i felt like i i know what direction the and bernice want this uh, facility to go in and you know i've got a great promoter with roger slack i mean he he learned from one of the best in in the world with humpy wheeler in charlotte so to have him here is a, a huge asset 
uh, it really allows me the opportunity to just stand back and, and let these guys do their job. You know, Rob, our guy that does the racetrack, uh, has every year just got better and better and better at us. So, you know, Kings Row weekend, for example, I don't even race during Kings Row weekend because I want to make sure I'm helping with the racetrack and. And, uh, you know, it's getting to where Rob's got it pretty much under control, and I don't have to worry about anything. So it's nice. It gives me that flexibility now to actually come to the racetrack and uh, go out and see the fans in the campground a little more and, and actually be a race fan and actually watch the show versus uh, feeling like i got to work all night. We, we see these racetracks across the country growing, especially the dirt side of things facilities becoming better being safer just growing what can we see for Eldora in the future do you have any big plans that you want to do to the facility uh, we've all we every year we have a wish list at the end of the season and and the column is what is the project the next column is the most important to me is what does it cost <laughs> the next column is how long is it going to take from start to finish so uh, we all have our ideas and we all contribute to that list and then we sit there and pick what we, we try to pick something that the fans are going to notice that the drivers and teams are going to notice every year so we, you know the projects that we do we uh, we've got a really big one in our mind right now that people would tell me i'm insane if if we did it but uh, uh it would it would also be something those people that thought i was insane would think it's really cool too but it's uh it, it's a really big project and it's one that's uh definitely down the road but it's one that's real important to me right now awesome that's really cool i'm excited to see what yeah. it'll be eventually <laughs> I, wish, I wish i could tell you <laughs> well i do have a question why the love tunnel is called the love tunnel um actually earl had named it the love tunnel okay. back in the day when when uh, and i have no idea why earl named it that i when i saw the tunnel the first time I'm like why would I'm like what, what does this mean there's going to be people making out in the tunnel i don't understand this but we, uh, if you look now, there's a plaque that says Eddie it's Gossage. the Eddie Gossage yes. Love Tunnel. So <laughs> Eddie Gossage and I are great friends, and um, I got really, I, I was really mad one day because we were coming back from a hospitality appearance outside the racetrack on the front stretch and had to come in the tunnel. Well, there was the Budweiser Clydesdales were coming through. They had a car show line that was coming through, and we were going to be late. We literally almost missed the driver's meeting, which meant we were going from a top four starting spot we would have had to go to the tail of the field and i got so mad i, I wrote a letter uh, to eddie and copied nascar on it and so now when you go to texas motor speedway in turns one and two there's a bridge that goes across and it helps with the traffic flow and it's the tony stewart bridge <laughs> so uh, i thought well what what can i do to honor my friend and I thought, well, what better way than to put the plaque, the Eddie Gossage Love Tunnel. So I thought it was very fitting. So it was my love for him for what he did for me. I love it. Eddie Gossage is the track president at yeah. Texas Motor Speedway. Um, so really, really good stuff there. I love that you uh, kind of repaid the favor. That oh, he, yeah, absolutely. You know, tried to help you guys out for sure. <laughs> but uh, I'd be remiss to not talk about your dad, Nelson. Um, I don't get to see him often, but I always love to get to see him when he's out at the track. It was uh, last year here at Eldora that I got to chat with him. He's always a trip. Um, talk about what it was like growing up with him and, and how much oh. he really kind of pushed the the racing side of things for you. That's a very good word is pushed. <laughs> um, everybody loves my dad, by the way. My dad's 81. Um, and he still races, correct? He was till last fall. He had okay. a real mild heart attack and, and uh, he's 
he's just got clearance from the doctor to get off the blood thinner medicine and all that. So he, I think he'll be back in a TQ before the end awesome. of the year at, at the age of 81. So that's pretty cool. But um, he was, everybody, it's funny because everybody goes, oh, I love your dad. I love your dad. I'm like, you should have been around when we raced together. Because when I drove for him, he was not that nice. But because of that, he helped shape me uh, in racing uh, who I am and, and you know, he didn't let you mess around and slack off and just play like the other kids. I mean, he wanted you to be focused on what you were doing, and that's, uh, you know, looking back on it, that was definitely the right decision. Well, you know, he wanted to see his money go to go to good yeah. use. And he didn't, and, and we didn't have a lot of it back then. Right. So the right. the money that was spent, we, uh, you know, we had to do we had to do more with less, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, for my family to sacrifice, and you know, my sister was a part of that sacrifice too. Of uh, not getting things that she wanted because we went racing, and uh, so it, I don't think it was unreasonable unre- on my dad's part to sit there and say, "Listen, we're putting this into it. You have to put that much in effort into it." Well, I think that you've also repaid them as well for what you've accomplished in your career, and will continue to do. It's not over, just like you said. But I appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Love catching up with Smoke, especially in his native environment of his beloved Eldora Speedway. Stay with us. We're going to talk to one of the rookies, Mason Daniel, next. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires rolling along here. We are glad you're spending time with us. Hey, we'd like to invite you if you want to uh, participate with one of our partners, Plan B Sales. Founded in 2010, Plan B Sales, great, great collectors uh, or uh, distributor of Lionel, Chase Authentics, Diecast and Apparel. Also, Auto World, Greenlight Collectibles, Brand Art, University of Racing Line, some really, really neat stuff. The other thing I like really about Plan B Sales is they have partnerships with a lot of our guys. Look at this. Here's Kyle Larson's car right on the stage. Plan B Sales was the sponsor for Kyle Larson when he raced this car a couple of years ago out at Yuma, Arizona. Christopher Bell, one of the drivers, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So if you're looking for exclusive autographed items from those drivers, go to www.planbsales.com. Check those guys and gals out. One of our great partners here on Wing Nation. We are so excited about the season. We were off to such a good start, and one of the great storylines we were going to follow this year is the Rookie of the Year battle. Wayne Johnson, the veteran rookie. Mason Daniel, the more traditional rookie. Earlier this year, Justin Fiedler sat in for Aaron Evernham, and we caught up with that more traditional rookie, Mason Daniel. Mason Daniel joins us on the line. Hello, Mason. Welcome into Wing Nation. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me on. How are you guys? We are well. We just chatted with your 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 Kevin Grobeck Rookie of the Year competitor, Wayne Johnson, who's fired up. I can't imagine how excited you are going into Volusia. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were here last year, and uh, we learned a lot from it. So, uh, you know, this year being full-time with one of outlaws, we're definitely excited to go back to Volusia. Um, and we hope to do well these uh, five nights races. As you get ready for the for this start of the season in Volusia and getting to California, you ran a lot of these racetracks at the beginning of last season. So how much does that help you as a driver, knowing that even coming into your rookie season, you've already seen some of these racetracks coming up for you? Yeah, it's, it's definitely very beneficial. Um, you know, we, we're kind of lacked the experience with Pennsylvania and some tracks like that. But, you know, I grew up in California, and uh, I didn't get to really race any of the California tracks since I started my sprint car career really in Missouri. Um, but running with the outlaws at these tracks last year is definitely very beneficial and definitely helped us a lot when we go back to these tracks of, uh, what we need to do for, uh, you know, to be good right off the bat there. Mason, your story fascinates me because you're a kid from California that didn't run the California tracks. The move to Missouri, what was, how did the sprint car bug bite you and, and, and discuss not racing in California, going to Missouri? How, how did that all happen? Yeah, it's, it's a really weird story. I mean, yeah. most drivers and, and most teams, I guess, have the, the story of, you know, my dad raced where I grew up in racing. You know, mine's really not that way. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I started racing, oh, I think, five years ago. So when I was 14, that's my first introduction to really anything. It all started because of a bet. Huh. So uh, my dad, we bought an old car from a local engine builder that was in the Portville, California, is where I grew up. And uh, it was just, oh, you know, it has a big motor. And then we had a distant family member that, that, that kind of raced, and he did, you know, modifieds, IMCAs, micro sprints, sprint cars, kind of did everything. So uh, it was the joke was, oh, you can't drive that until you drive one of his race cars. And me being 14 at the time was like, all right, I'll do it. And um, got in a car and, and fell in love with it, was horrible at it when I first started. And um, then just kind of developed from there, raced micro sprints for about two years and then jumped into midgets in California and uh I got some experience at like Placerville, Bakersfield, stuff like that. Uh Cali Battles don't go there anymore, but uh I, you know, I got spent some of the tracks in the midget, but never in a wing sprint car. And then uh met Danny and Danny was like, uh well, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, you know, I want to be a Warhol champion, I want to race the best of the best. And he goes, Yeah, then don't race in California. Come out here to Missouri and come race with me. So I was like, all right, you know, me being uh, I think I was seventeen when when I uh, moved out to Missouri and lived on my own for about three months and brought out a crew guy, it was, uh, it was all right. You know, you know, Danny says, so I'll go do it. You know, he's the dude, you got to follow whatever he says. So uh, that's kind of how it happened. And uh, here we are today. We're in a sort of outlaws. That Danny you're talking about, obviously Danny Lasowski and, and you know, all of the success he's had in a sprint car. What has he meant to your development here the last couple of years as, as you guys have gotten to know each other and, and your careers kind of jumped off here? I, you know, I think I have to credit, you know, just about 90% of my racing career to Danny. Um, you know, I worked with Tanner Swanson beforehand, who's uh, the, the famous, you know, Silver Crown driver and stuff like that. He did all my midget micro stuff, and he really helped develop me as a driver. And then Danny came in and really just added on top of everything to that and uh, really helped me become a, uh, a wing sprint car driver. I, I didn't have a lot of experience in wing, you know. In California, we ran the midget and stuff like that, and we are thinking about mainly going non-wing, but... uh Danny came in and, and was really uh, helpful with all the uh, 
the wing stuff, especially going from 360 to 410, like that, that to me, and probably most fan was very, uh, oh, it's just a 360 to a 410, but it's a, it's a big jump with how the car has to be set up, with how you drive the car and the setup that goes into it. It's just, it's a big difference. And, and for me, going to 360 to 410, Danny's really been beneficial to, uh, to us and the team and, and really helped me out personally. I can imagine. I mean, having someone like Danny the Dude Lasowski in your corner is just phenomenal. It really, truly is. So as we look at this year, you're going to roll off. You're going to run, I believe, all five nights at uh, Volusia this weekend with the All-Stars and the World of Outlaws. Have you set expectations? Have you set goals? Are you a number guy? Or are you just, I want the car to be good every night? What What are some of the things that you really want to accomplish here in your rookie season? <laughs> well, uh, you know, definitely – you try not necessarily to set numbers because yeah. the Alla Tour is very hard, you know. A uh, lot, lot of races over the country, and you try to be good everywhere you go. Um, with us, though, it's mainly just, you know, it's our first time on tour, and we, we want to be competitive by the end of it, right? You know, we're not here just this year. We're here for the long run, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do, and this is what I'm, you know, able to do for, for the time being. So we're not looking necessarily just, you know, one-year outlaw here and gone. We're looking at, uh, you know, racing years and years of outlaw tours. So uh, this is a really – it's just a building block year. I mean, that's what it is. is we want to get out there and work up to being competitive to work with the World of Outlaw drivers. And then uh, from there, hopefully going to a championship. So basically this year's standards are really just get up to speed with the World of Outlaws and then um, be competitive towards the end of the year when the nationals are around and stuff like that. So not really a number guy, you know, we'd love to win races and, you know, we think we have the speed at some tracks to win races. Uh, but, you know, most of the years just about being really, really trying to get competitive with these guys. I don't know if this is even something, you know, Steve, but uh, Mason is a water polo player. No, I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, so Mason, what was it about water polo and, and why did you decide that that was going to be your sport when you were growing up? So uh, I have a brother. Cole Daniel, my, my brother, he's a fantastic baseball player. Absolutely one of the best I've seen. I'm a little biased on his brother. But uh, when we were growing up, it was it was mainly like my brother had his sports, and we were so competitive with each other that if I played baseball, it would just turn into an argue match, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm better, he's better, well, you know, whatever. So um, growing up, my brother had his sports, and, you know, my dad was a water polo player and a swimmer all throughout high school and college. So I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in California where you could play water polo and swim you around. So that's just kind of what felt natural to me. And that's what I did. So I uh, played water polo for my, uh, I started to play water polo in sixth grade and then uh, played water polo for my high school, won a national champ, won a state championship there in California for a division. And, um, Got to the point where I actually injured one of my my uh, left shoulder, and uh, it, it got to the point where I just couldn't really swim anymore and stuff like that, just from all the the long term damage and the swimming and the water polo had on it, and made the decision. The doctor said you need to have surgery or maybe it'll heal itself after a couple months. And so, me being uh, I think I was seven, 16 at the time was my racing was kind of picking up, and I was going full time on that and. I'd balance swimming, water polo, and, and racing all, you know, within one week of each other. Go to swim practice and water polo practice throughout the week and go race on the weekends. And the doctor said, you got to drop one of it or else my shoulder's going to be damaged. And I didn't want to take the time off of racing to 
have a surgery on my shoulder. So I just figured that, you know, this what I do full time. I just need to stop playing water polo and swim, which I do really miss. I, you know, I love water polo and swim, and I think they're they're great sports for people in California or the East Coast where you can do it year round. And uh, but that that's when I made my decision to just go full time racing was basically off of an injury that I had from water polo and swim, kind of set me down the road that I'm here today. That's fascinating. Absolutely amazing. And and, and the, th- the thing I find fascinating about it, you, you mentioned your brother with baseball, and we know fo- the, the, the big sports that everyone knows, soccer and everything like that. But yep. water polo is something, I mean, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It really is. And, and how that's all worked out and how you end up now uh, teamed up with Danny the Dude going World of Outlaw Racing. Very, very fun stuff. Mason, we can't wait to see how your year unfolds. It uh, starts off this weekend. You're going to run with the All-Stars at uh, Volusia on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then uh, Friday through Sunday with the World of Outlaws there. We wish you the best. We'll look forward to catching up with you in person down there, and we'll look forward to chatting throughout the year. But thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I couldn't do this without my sponsor, like True Star Energy. They're, they came on this year, and they're, they're the ones who made all this happen. So I'm really excited to get the year started, and uh, thanks for having me on. So much talent on the World of Outlaw Tour, and it's going to be fun when we get it fired back off here to see how young Mason Daniel does. Stay with us. More Wing Nation in just a moment. Hey, Ashley, what are you up to? Oh, I just stopped by to grab some sage fruit apples. Now I just have to decide which ones. You can never go wrong with a Honeycrisp. They're light, crisp, and full of perfectly balanced flavor. Oh, hey. You could always go with one of their classics, the Gala or Fuji. They're both sweet and juicy. Grown in the heart of eastern Washington, Sage Fruit Company works hard on the farm and with their retail partners to provide high-quality apples and pears to consumers all year long. Well, I couldn't decide which one. Thanks for the help, guys. I'll race you to checkout. It is Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tires. Steve Post flying solo this week. Want to take the opportunity here on uh, April 7th to acknowledge another one of our Hall of Famers. Herman Church, I believe it is, and uh, he is a 2010 inductee into the Hall of Fame. Born in 1903 in Switzerland, at age seven, the family moved to L.A., and uh, he was having some pretty good success. In the mid-20s, he was rocking and rolling in Southern California, started racing, and then he moved east, and by 1930, he had a lot of success at tracks like Allentown, Flemington, Riverhead, and Woodbridge, Yeah, that's one of the old board tracks. This guy was really, really having a lot of success, was Herman Church. Uh, He was was called the German, but, well, he was from Switzerland, so there was always a little confusion with that. But uh, this man was really rolling along, career rolling along. But as we saw so many times during this period in 1931 at Ascot, back out in Southern California, Herman lost his life in a practice crash. The good news is for those of us is that his life is still enshrined and his story is told at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum out in Knoxville, Iowa. want to remind you that Wing Nation gear is available at wingnation.com. That's www.wingnation.com. Make sure that if you're looking for something to binge watch over the course of this time, you check out our YouTube channel. We have got a ton of great interviews on that YouTube channel, and we're going to continue to be very active on Facebook and on Twitter as we continue to work through this time of social distancing. We have some great programs coming up for you later this week. Guy Forbrook going to be part of our Wing Nation podcast coming up on Thursday. And on Saturday morning, you're going to want to make sure you tune in to MAV-TV, 7.30 and 10.30 Eastern Time, and Icon in Dirt Track Racing with some pretty cool sprint car history tied into all of it. 
Billy the Kid Pouch. Billy Pouch is on MAV TV on this Saturday morning. Appreciate you spending some time with us. I'm Steve Post from Wing Nation. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tires. Wing Nation has been brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Watch Wing Nation Saturday mornings on MAV TV. You can also find Wing Nation on wingnation.com or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.